for his word. Amen. Wow. I think, uh, I, I hope you're ready. I hope you are prepared to receive something that can change your life. And, and that you won't just listen. Man, you know, if you didn't bring a notebook or a pen, steal your neighbors. You know, get out your device, open up the notes, get ready, write some stuff down. And, and, but, but let's equip ourselves to wreak havoc on the devil this week. I said, let's equip ourselves to just, I mean, every single day, humiliate hell. Okay? Humiliate hell. How many are tired of, of, of getting beat up by a defeated devil? Anybody in here just tired of the devil seeming, looking like he went? I, I don't even want him to look like he's a winner. Okay? Not, not even for a minute. And, and, and if you know anything about God and you know anything about the Holy Spirit, you, you, you might have, you know, if you, if you study the Word of God, read the book, you'll find out that, that, that God has a habit of, of connecting well, with what we might call real losers. And then he empowers them to be victorious warriors. And, 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 and you, you know, the enemy keeps pointing out what a loser you are, but you need to remind him, that, well, that makes me a candidate for God to flow through. Because even in the genealogy of Jesus, everybody was messed up. They, they, I mean, they were beat up from the street up. They were, they, they were just tore up all over the place. And then out comes Jesus. You know, uh, all of these guys, there ain't nobody perfect. Listen to me. There ain't nobody perfect in this room. There, none of us are spotless. The Bible literally puts it this way. There's none righteous. No, not one. You know, all have fallen, all have missed it, all have made mistakes, everybody. But there's nobody in the room tonight that needs to leave here without understanding that God has equipped you, wired you, positioned you, and empowered you to win. And he's going to cause you to win in every situation, regardless of the circumstance. Hello, somebody. And, and what we have to do is we have to embrace the reality that God has called us out of darkness and translated us into the marvelous light of his dear son. And we've got to stop living in darkness. Okay? Stop living in darkness. Darkness is a place where you can't see. Right? Darkness is a place where you have no understanding. Darkness is a place where uh, uh, you, you, you know, you're tripping over stuff that, that you don't need to trip over. If you could see, if the lights were on, you could, you could see much more clearly. Could you imagine, and I was talking to some of the guys and, and just said, you know, what, what if we blacked out the sanctuary and, 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 and made it really dark and then we put you outside the back, behind backstage and, and we opened the door, but you had one instruction, you got to come in, in the darkness and, and find your way into the sanctuary where in the sanctuary is one chair and there's a red sticker on the bottom of that chair. You find that sticker and everything that you've ever desired in life is going to flood into your life, okay? Now, it, but there's a time limit and we open the door and send you in through the darkness, stumbling. If you, if you don't kill yourself backstage, okay? Because if you ain't never been back there, don't go, okay? You're dangerous right behind there. And if you happen to make it in here in the dark, if you've even made it in here in the time limit that we gave you, and, and you, you might actually be stumbling over the very thing you're searching for. Come on. And I wonder how many are stumbling around through life, falling over the very thing that they've been praying to receive. But because it's dark, they can't see it. And, and, and you know, whether you walk in darkness or walk in light, it, it, it's, it's your choice. 
This is the crazy thing is that it's your choice. The Bible says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the light. Nothing makes a, makes a father or mama uh, you know, more happy than their children uh, being raised up and embracing the light and the gospel. And, and, and nothing makes God, you know, nothing brings joy to the heart of our father like, like you and I choosing light instead of darkness. But a lot of people, what we've done is we've settled for just enough light, just enough light to make it through. And, 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 you know, it's, it's like, it's like, man, if I could just get just a little light. So, you know, in the morning, you know, when it's all black, but the sun's starting to come up and it's, and the light's starting, you know, just starting to lift and you're looking out and you can see things with kind of more like the silhouette of things. And, and, oh, I like that atmosphere. And so I'm just going to live in that level of light. And it's like, when you get born again, Proverbs says that the path of the righteous becomes brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. But, but, but see, what happens is you get born again, and it's like the sun breaking over the horizon, and the light's just barely starting to shine. Uh, but, but you settle there, and you say, well, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me, because now, now I'm not going to hell. But how do you know that you don't have to live through hell on earth if you don't want to? You don't have to stumble around over stuff that's in your way if you don't want to. You can elevate the light of your life. And I'm telling you, God will put the lights on. And you won't have to wander around, stumbling around, wondering how am I going to make ends meet and who should I marry and what should I do. God wants to enlighten you with wisdom and understanding and discernment. And, and, and he doesn't want his, he, he, like, he would like you to, to press into the point that it's like full day. Real clarity. Real clarity. Could you use some clarity in your life? I said, could you use some clarity in your life? Oh, God. The Bible says, open thou mine eyes and show me great and wonderful things out of thy law. Open my eyes. I want you to look at Psalms 119, and we're going to read verse 18 from God's word. And it says, uncover my eyes so that I may see the miraculous things in your teaching. Uncover my eyes so that I can see the miraculous things, the miraculous things, the miraculous things, the miraculous things, the miraculous things. Mm. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, if I can get anything done tonight, if I can accomplish one thing, I just hope that we can just fan the flame a little bit and get you to start believing God for the miraculous things. The miraculous things. Let me just put it this way. The, the, when, when you've got darkness, it would be a miracle to find the chair that would be very simple to find in the light. So things that you do in the light seem as though they're a miracle to those that are in the dark. You can accomplish things with God. Oh, my gosh. You can accomplish things with God that will cause the people without God to wonder, how in the world did you learn to operate in the miraculous? That's the shouts of joy right there. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Look at somebody and say, I'm ready for a miracle. Look the other way and say, I'm ready for a miracle. Are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready for the miraculous? You know what I think we ought to do is we ought to stop settling for the normal. I think we ought to stop settling and accepting a life that people that don't even have God might actually experience if everything goes right. No, no. 
You, you, you're, you're not feeling me, I don't think. I think your life ought to be a daily demonstration that humiliates hell itself. That, that, that when sickness comes up against you, something in you rises up and says, oh, you want to go there? No, uh-uh. I will live and not die and declare the goodness of my God. I, I think something ought to rise up in you when, when challenges come. You're not shocked that challenges come because the Bible says in this world there's going to be a bunch of tribulation. But be of good cheer. And your cheer ought to be a demonstration of his defeat. That you have this incredible ability because your eyes have been uncovered and you're seeing miraculous things. First thing I want to ask you tonight is what is it that you've been looking at? What is it that you've been looking at? Are you looking at the miraculous things? Are you looking at that big old mountain? Are you looking at that big old problem? Are you looking at that situation that seems to have so much power? That problem ain't got nothing on my God. I said, yep, problem ain't got nothing on my God. That situation, man, I'm telling you, God is able. The Bible says God is able. God is able to make you stand. Remember that one? God is able to make you stand. God can make your marriage stand. God can make your business stand. God can make your body stand. God can make your emotions stand. God is able. And there's nothing that's going to be strong enough to withstand the ability of my God. What are you looking at? God, I'm wanting to see miraculous things. I want to see miraculous things. And all I got to do to find them is get my eyes open to your word. If I could just open my eyes to your word, you'd show me miraculous things. Check this out. In Isaiah 42, verse 9, I want to read it first from the Living Bible. It says, everything I prophesied, God talking, everything I prophesied came true. Everything God's ever told you is true. And now he said, I'm going to start prophesying again. And I want to tell you the future before it happens. I want to tell you the future before it happens. How many know that God has a plan for your future? I said, God has a plan for your future. Think about it. Think about it. Just, just take these two verses so far and just leave that one up for a minute. Just take these two verses and, and think, what have you been looking at and what have you been talking about? Are you looking at the miraculous or are you looking at, 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 the, at the horrendous? Are, are you talking about the future that God has or are you talking about the past that you've experienced? See, I, th I think you and I have to understand that we, we, we need to turn some things around in our life real quick. And it only takes a minute, but you just got to turn some stuff around. And you got you to get back up on top again and start believing God for the miraculous and start listening for your future. Okay, listen to this verse in the NIV. See, the former things have taken place. New things, I declare. Everybody say new things. New things. Oh, shout it out. New things. New things. How many are ready for some new things? I mean, some of that stuff is old news. You've had it forever. Okay? Anybody that's ever known you, that's ever talked to you, can come up and, and tell you about the stuff that you've gone through because all you talk about is the old thing. How about we believe God for some new things? He said, hey, before they spring into being, I'll announce them to you. I will announce them. So God's going to tell you what's coming. He don't like talking about what came. Well, I've been talking to the Lord. You've been complaining, calling it prayer. And now it's time. <laughs> now it's time to do some warfare. Now it's time to get ready for what's coming. Hello? Listen to it in the, in the CEV version. Everything has happened just as I said. 
Everything has happened. Isn't it crazy that if we had listened, we would have known? Everything has happened just as I said it would. Now I will announce what will happen next. Now I will announce what will happen next. I think what you need to do tonight is get ready for next. Huh? Come on. I think you ought to get happy about next. I, I know you're messed up about what was, but how about if you and I just take a, just take a time and make a commitment, and my life's going to be a celebration of what's next. Okay? I'm going to start believing what's next. I'm going to start sowing into what's next. I'm going to start prophesying about what's next. I'm going to start sharing what's next. I'm going to start, hello somebody, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm stepping into what's next. I'm stepping out of where I came from and stepping into where God's taken me. You see, you can't settle. You can't settle. See, a lot of us have learned to know about God. He's the God that brought us out. But you need to learn the God that's going to take you in. See, you, you've settled with the revelation that, hey, I'm no longer a slave to sin. Okay, but what are you going to do with that freedom now? Well, now? Now that you were no longer a slave to fear, well, then how about we get some boldness and start agreeing with God about what's next? Let me tell you, man, what's next has hell nervous. I said what's next in your life has hell in a panic right now. I said, what, what God has next for you, you, there's a meeting going on in the pit of hell right now trying to figure out what they're going to do if you decide to embrace next. Come on. He's just trying to, man, I'm telling you, the enemy's just trying and trying and trying, doing everything he can to keep you paralyzed, to keep you satisfied, to keep you complacent, to get you to just, just hey, just stagnant right there. Just, just, just hang out. Just hang out there. And, 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 and okay, so, so you, you know about God, so it's a little too late to tell you that, you know, God doesn't love you because you've already figured out that God loves you. But maybe, maybe I could convince you that, that, that the good things that God has for you, that you don't need to look for the miraculous. You just need to accept the, the mundane. You don't need to believe God for the miraculous. You just need to be happy with what you got. Man, I'm telling you something. The, the next that God has for you is worth the fight that the next is going to demand from you. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. The violent take it by force. Oh, by force. By force. By force. You, you know what I think is, is a, a plague in, 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 in uh, the American church, especially right now? Uh, it's just a plague in our society. And it's the spirit of slothfulness. The spirit of slothfulness. And I can talk fairly you know, openly about it tonight because uh, I, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to the teams. I'm talking to everybody. Uh, there is a, there, there's this thing where that slothfulness has, you know, we've like, it's become part of the culture and we have embraced it. And see, a lot of times when you start talking about slothfulness, that, you know, you, you know, your mind and even some of your translations, when you read about sl the slothful man, some of your translations calls him lazy. Okay, lazy. Well, there's a difference between lazy and slothful. Okay, lazy. Lazy, for example, he won't even get a job. He's lazy. But the slothful has to have a job because he needs a paycheck. He gets a job so he can have the paycheck, but the slothful never actually wants to work. He just wants the check. 
See, the slothful never pulls the potential out of anything that's put in his hand. He just celebrates what he has, but doesn't actually understand what he's got. He settles for a little light when full brightness and total clarity is available. I wonder in your life tonight, where have you settled because of slothfulness in your life? I know it's not a, probably a really pretty picture. It's probably not a popular consideration. But I wonder how badly we've been ripped off because we've been convinced this is enough. See, the slothful wants a wife, but he doesn't want to actually be a great husband. The slothful wants some kids, but they don't want to be excellent parents. The slothful wants to pay his bills, but he doesn't want to strive for real financial strength. The slothful wants to go to church. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like one of them canyons. See. Okay. Have you seen that commercial? God wants you looking for the miraculous. What's next? What's next? Now that the chains are gone, now that the chains are falling off, now that you're stepping into freedom, what's next? Well, how about we believe for the miraculous? How about you begin to believe that miracles will begin to operate in you, through you, for you, amongst you, and by you? Oh, miracles, those are for, those are for preachers and teachers. No, the miraculous is for you, you and your life. The miraculous is for your house. The miraculous is for your daily existence. The miraculous, I'm telling you, God wants to do the miraculous in your life. Can you understand what a threat to the powers of darkness you'd be if you knew that every day when you climbed out of bed, you're on your way to collide with yet another miraculous adventure? A miraculous, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when we go to school this year? Miracles. What's going to happen when we go to work today? The miraculous. The miraculous. Come on, you can believe God. How many of you know that God is a God of wonders? He's always been a God of wonders, and he's still the God of wonders. He still performs the miraculous. Oh, I I need somebody to take ownership tonight. He still performs the miraculous. You might be fighting something in your body, but God is a God of miracles. I'm telling you, you might be fighting something in relationships, but God is a God of miracles. You might be fighting something financially, emotionally, mentally, but God wants you to know the miraculous is yours. You have a right to the miraculous. Oh, if we could just pray and ask God to do miracles. That's slothful. See, slothful wants God. We treat God like we treat Amazon. We want to sit on our couch, touch some things we want, and have them delivered to the front door within a 48-hour period. God is not Amazon. 
<laughs> See, here's the thing that, would you like miracles? You know what I can't wait for, honestly? What I can't wait for is, is, is there's, there's always some people, there's always a few that take what we teach and begin to apply it to their life. And then they come running back next week and they're really excited because the, it, amazingly, it works. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're not going to believe this. You, you don't know how many times that happens. You're not going to believe this. I did what the word said. And it happened. <laughs> I double dog dare you this week. Because I'm going to tell you, because it's crazy, because to, 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 to release the miraculous in your life, it's, it's really, see, I think, I think sometimes at church we complicate the tar out of everything. Right? We build hoops and you're jumping through the hoops and if it looks easy, well, we just set the hoops on fire. It can't be that easy. So we, and we make everything as difficult as we possibly can, but the miraculous is actually quite easy. Hey, would, you, would you like the, the recipe to release the miracles in your life? Okay, let, let me just give it to you real quick, and then I'll prove it to you, and then, then we'll go, and we'll release the miraculous power of God in our life. Huh? Okay, you ready? Everybody say ready. ready. Okay, number one, write this down. If you're not writing stuff down, I guess you think you're smart enough that you already got it, or you're slothful. One of the two. I'm not sure which it is. Okay, number one, hear God. You want the miraculous? The first thing you have to do is just hear God. Uncover my eyes and show me the miraculous from your teaching. You just have to hear God. Okay, you just, you just need to hear God. Look at somebody and say, hear God. Number two, do what he said. Okay, just do what he said. Just do it. Look at somebody say, just do it. And number three is get out his way. Just get out of his way. You're not God. You're to hear God, obey God, trust God, but you got to stop trying to be God. John chapter 2. Let's read through this for a second. Three days later, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at a wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited and were there. When the wine was all gone, Mary said to Jesus, they don't have no more wine. That's like a deep revelation. When the wine was all gone, Mama said, they don't have no more wine. Jesus said, Mother, my time hasn't yet come. Stop telling me. Can, can you hear this? I mean, can you hear the mom-son combo going on? They don't have no more wine. Mom, stop telling me what to do. Honestly, this just reminds me so much of my mother. You know, those, those of you that knew my mom, my mom was a peach, man. She was perfect. But I could see her doing that. Just suggesting the obvious. They're out of wine. Mom... Don't tell me what to do. And, and, and Mary then, verse 5, said to the servants, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. So, so mom looks at this. She's, you know, she's, she's trying to get him rolling, and, and, and he's telling her, don't tell me what to do. And so she tells the servants, 
do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And look what happens in verse 6. At the feast, there were six stone water jars that were used by the people for washing themselves in the way that their religion said they must. Each jar had about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill them to the top with water. Then after the jars had been filled, he said, now take some water, give it to the man in charge of the feast. And the servants did as Jesus told them. This is the first miracle that Jesus performed. We know the story. He turned water into wine. But we have a problem here because first you have to hear from God. And Jesus tells them what to do. And every time Jesus tells you what to do, it's never what you thought he'd say. He doesn't do it your way. See, if you want a miracle, you don't just launch out and start telling God what to do, but you stop and listen and hear God so he can tell you what to do. See, a lot of you need a miracle, but you're telling God what to do. Stop. You got to hear from God what do you want me to do. You're telling God, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is, this is vital because, you, you know, you're getting, you're getting attacked in your body and you're telling him, okay, man, let get that healing thing going. You don't tell him what to do. You listen for him to tell you what to do. And then he tells you what to do and what he tells you don't make no sense. Fill up with water. Well, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, sir. We don't need water. Okay, water's not the problem, and those things over there aren't even for drinking. Okay, so you're telling us to do something that isn't going to fix the problem, and you're telling us to do it with something that isn't even going to be used for what it, you know. So this isn't going to work out really well. You probably don't understand. We should probably sit down and explain it to you, Jesus. That See, we're talking water and wine. We need wine, not water. And, and we have another problem. Those pots are huge. Okay? Give us a cup or something. But he wants those pots filled, and those pots are big, which leads us to the next problem. We ain't got no hose. In order to fill that 30-gallon pot, I've got to take this 5-gallon bucket, and I've got to drop it down that 90-foot well. And I got to pull it back up again with five gallons of water, pour it into the 30 gallon pot. And I got to do that again and again and again and again and again. See, slothful won't obey because it ain't easy no more. Slothful is addicted to ease. See, a lot of us want a miracle, but we want God to do all the work. And, and, and the miracle, here's the thing about the miraculous, is that the miraculous always demands your participation. I said the miraculous always demands your participation. And he's talking about a little bit more energy than walking out the mailbox to see if Ed McMahon has swung by or not. Okay. He, he, he's going to give you instruction. You're going to follow his instruction. And when you're done with the instruction, then he will do what he does. But you have to do what he said first. Look at somebody say, I think this is exactly what you need. See, here's the deal. Is that you have a tendency to let your logic disagree with his logos. See, logos, God's word, is God's system of logic. 
but you have your system of logic, and what God tells you to do usually contradicts your system of logic. Because you can't figure out why that would have anything to do with what I need done. And God, if you would just do what I need done. But who's serving who here? We, we've got to, we have got to remember, that, okay, well, you just found one passage in Scripture and made a little point. Okay, now we're going to go to Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 5. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders. The Lord's going to do miraculous things. He's a God of wonders. He still performs wonders, and he's going to do some wonderful things. Drop down to verse 12 real quick. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Okay, just remember this. Never skip number one. Number one is hear from God. And remember this. Always refer back to number one. When you're not sure what to do, just refer back to number one. Okay, get back to number one because he's going to give you instructions and, he, and those instructions are going to tell you what you're supposed to do and then he's going to do what only he can do. See, faith without doing is what? Dead, right? Faith without works, without doing. See, faith requires doing, but doing without hearing is just as crazy as thinking faith without doing is going to work. See, it's easy to get that if I don't put work in it, faith ain't going to work. But if you don't put hearing in it, you ain't going to have faith to work. So you need to hear from God. Verse 14, so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. Can I just tell you that when God's about ready to part the waters, he actually lets it flood first. See, the flood that's come against you is not intimidating God. Okay, the issue that's got you all fuzzed up, that's not intimidating God. The sickness that's wreaking havoc with your body, God's not going, "Uh uh-oh. It's not bigger than God. So here it is, and and, and the the, the waters are, are flooding their bank, verse 16, and the waters which came down from upstream, they all stood still and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam in the city beside Zeratan. And so the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah and the salt sea failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho and the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Dude, this obeying God thing can be scary. The priests who bear the ark. Now you do understand that that job probably at one point sounded really cool. Because you're going to get to wear this really cool robe. You're going to have some real, I mean, you know what? They, they might even let you in at the front of the ice cream line. Because you just show up and you're looking good. But, but, but on this day, what are you doing? You're, you're, stepping into, you're stepping out into the waters with your good clothes on. Okay, this ain't looking right. It ain't feeling right. It ain't, my mind ain't connecting with it right. But what are you doing? Well, I'm doing exactly what he said. 
I'm going to do exactly what he said because when I do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. Hello, somebody. Uh, how am I doing? I'm, you guys okay? Yeah. Can I remind you of, of another place? Mark chapter 3. He entered the synagogue and there was a man there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. Isn't it funny that the opposers of Jesus were expecting God to do the miraculous? The opposers of Jesus are expecting God to do the miraculous, while the people of God are wondering if they should just settle. So here he is, they're watching him to see if he's going to heal so that they can accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he looked around them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And what happened? His hand was restored as whole as the other. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to uh, share just a couple of thoughts right here because you need to get this. Because sometimes God tells you to do something and the first thought that hits you is, I can't do that. You do realize that a man with a withered hand, when he's asked to stretch forth his withered hand, can't stretch forth his withered hand. Why? Because his hand is withered. So he's asked to do what he can't do because his hand is withered. He can't stretch out a withered hand because if you studied out to stretch out the withered hand, you can't do it. Why? Because your hand is withered. So God's asking you to do something that you can't do. But when God tells you what to do, what only, it's not just the word he gives, but that word is an enabling power that empowers you to do what you couldn't do before he said to do it. Remember when Peter got out the boat? How did he get out the boat? Well, Jesus said, come. And since Jesus said, come, that come empowered him to do what he could never have done had Jesus not said, come. Right? So you better have heard God, right? Because when you get out the boat, we're going to find out in just a second whether or not you've heard God or not. And you either got to be a really good swimmer or you have to be a really good hearer. And, and, and if you hear him say it and then you do what he said, man, I'm telling you that when God speaks to you, that word is an empowering force that's going to give you the ability to do what he said to do. And so you have to deal with this mind thing. You're going to have to think yourself happy real quick. You're going to have to ask God to uncover your eyes so that you can see the miraculous things that are coming right out of his word because he's going to speak his word. You're going to obey his word. When you obey his word, he's going to do what couldn't have been done had there not been two things, one, his word, and two, your obedience. If you'll hear God and obey God, you can release the miraculous in your life. Oh, you don't understand what this, this jacks me up. I said, this, this just kind of gets me, I feel Pentecostal or something. Uh, I, you know, it's serious, man. You, you, why? Because you know what the world needs? The world needs to collide with somebody who actually knows God. I said, the world needs somebody who isn't afraid to say, you know what? That's not a big problem. My, I serve a God who does miracles. Okay. Uh, I said, that, that, that's not a big problem. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I'm not going to feel sorry for you. Why? Because I serve a God that does miracles and we're going to believe God for the miraculous and the miraculous is going to take place in your life. And the thing that has you freaked out, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to freak hell out now. 
that we're going to freak hell out now. Why? Because we're going to hear from God. God's going to tell us what to do. We're going to do what he said, and then we're going to get out his way. Why? Because he's going to do the miraculous. God, uncover my eyes and show me miraculous things right out of your word. What, you realize that God is waiting and ready and willing and able to do the miraculous in your life. I said God is willing, ready, able. He's excited. I think God's on the edge of his throne tonight. I think God, I'm telling you, I'm, I think heaven's getting a little bit pumped right now. I think you get excited. Why? Because some high schooler is going to believe me for the miraculous on this campus this coming week. You could be believing God for the miraculous, and you, there ain't no quicker way to silence your opponent than to see the miraculous released on their behalf. You do realize. That the miracle isn't just about you, but it's about all of those watching you. The, the miraculous that you're going to release and that you're going to experience isn't just limited to you. I can't wait. Man, I hope you guys, I hope you guys got guts to believe God for the miraculous. And, and, and to just get sick and tired of the mundane. To, to just get fed up with getting by. I, I, I hope that there's a mama and a daddy in here that, that will realize that we can have a miraculous relationship and train our children to refuse to settle for anything less than God's best. I mean, we got to get this, that in order to collide with what God has prepared, we're going to have to get over what we had in mind. We, we got to stop settling, man. I'm believing God for miracles. I'm believing God for miracles. I said, I'm believing God for miracles. I'm believing God for miracles. He's a miracle-working God. Miracles, man, miracles are, you know, when the light's on, it's not a miracle, but to those in dark, man, oh my God, that was a miracle. Man, I'm telling you, what God can and will do and what he's going to do in your life, anybody in here need a miracle? Anybody in here want the miraculous in your life? Man, man all we got to do is hear God. I said all we got to do is hear God, and he's talking He ain't silent. He ain't holding back. He said, call me, and I'll answer, and I'll tell you some stuff. Come on, somebody. Who wants a miracle tonight? I think we ought to thank him for the miraculous. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. I just pray for the people in this room. God, I cannot wait to hear the testimonies because the miraculous things that you are planning, that you've already got ready, it's already been set up. God, that you have directed our steps. We are standing at the threshold of the miraculous. Now, God, uncover our eyes and let us see the miraculous things that are going to come out of your word that when we do what you say, you're going to produce what you promised. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, maybe you're here tonight and, and, and you're not really living with God, not really living for God. Maybe what we call the sinner's prayer, maybe you've never prayed it, maybe you've prayed it a hundred times, but the reality is, is that you're living life and it's your life, but it's not God life. And we're all going to pray a prayer together. And, and, and if you're here tonight and you recognize that, man, what I need to do is, is quit treating God 
like, like I've been treating Amazon. And, and I, got, I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today. I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. Well, nobody's looking around. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I just want to agree with you in prayer. And I want to invite you to make the prayer that we're all going to pray together. But I, I want to invite you to make it just you talking to Jesus, okay? And, and, and get real with God so God can get real with you. And if you're ready tonight and you say, this is my night. Well, nobody's looking. I just want to agree with you in prayer. So just hold your hand up really high. Say, Tom, that's me. That's me. Thank you. 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 That's so cool. That's awesome. You can put them down. You put them down, it, it just still while heads are bowed and you're sitting here and you're thinking, I, I wonder if I should do that. Let me give you the answer. Yeah. We're waiting on you. I, I just want you to hold your hand up real quick. Say, yeah, I was just kind of contemplating, but now I'm ready. I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus tonight. Who is it? Just hold your hand up. There you are. It's awesome. Thank you. Everybody in here, just pray this. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you. I'm going to live for you alone. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody. Give God one more big shout.